Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cantina MX Football Podcast. We are back with episode 272. We're going to be recapping the Club World Cup final and Jornada 6 results as it stands right now. Atlas is beating Pachuca 1-0, 77th minute to finish Jornada 6. And then we'll talk about some other stuff. But before I go any further, let's welcome Joel. Joel, how are we doing tonight? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, and uh, definitely better than Pachuca. You know, things aren't right when when you're losing to Atlas, man. And I think uh, if they hold on to that defeat, they will be at the bottom of the table. It is really rock bottom for Pachuca, losing to Atlas at home. Uh, 78th minute, and uh, I mentioned on the early, on a uh, last week about how they were looking really bad, but I didn't think they were this bad. I know, man. Not, and and you know what's surprising? Um, that seeing Pachuca at the bottom of the table, that right, right, right above them is. The defending league champion Leon. Oh yeah, absolutely. They are off to a rough start again. The campio- oh, the campionitis, campionitis. yeah. And, hit the COVID style. Uh, in their defense, they do have a game pending because they still have to dis- dis- uh, dispute that that final or that match against the Rayados. But still, it's not looking good for the for the champs. And this is one of the biggest criticisms that you know the league gets is just the inconsistency. Yeah, even though we've talked about how Leon has been one of the most consistent teams. Yeah. Maybe after that they won the title, you know, they just I don't know. <laughs> Seems to happen a lot of times um with these teams. But but I do think they'll they'll bounce back. Yeah, well, with 12 spots to qualify for the playoffs, this is just the beginning. We are, I guess, officially a third of the way there. Um, you know, 17 fixtures. There's only 18 teams, uh, six games in. Uh, we, we'll, we're going to talk about Jornada 6, but first we kind of wanted to talk about Tigres' performance against Bayern Munich in the Club World Cup final. Unfortunately... Uh, the the miracle or the 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 run uh, ended uh, just a one zero defeat to to Bayern Munich and and Bayern Munich ended up winning the tournament uh, in a very controversial method uh, some some questionable you know what's crazy Comebol uh, continues to find ways to fuck us over it was the Comebol referee uh, squad with oh, some man. with some terrible I mean terrible calls. And uh, it took a handball from Lewandowski and some uh, sketchy, uh, controversial calls for Bayern to, to beat Tigres. Uh, I don't know, Jaime. I mean, I think they still would have beat them. <laughs> was, <laughs> you, you know, the Tigers looked unmatched. I thought, uh, but I mean, I think they put up a good fight. You know, just one zero to this to this very strong 
experiment side. Um, I felt, um, yeah, man, Tignac couldn't even get the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the most uh, frustrating images to see was at the very last uh, play of the game. Uh, Tigres won a free kick, and uh, Zignac got the ball, and he was trying to go far post, maybe cross it in, and he just put too much weight on it, and it went. It just went out. It went to the uh, out, out of bounds, and then you know you just saw him like fall to the ground, and just he knew he knew that it was over. Um, but he was on the island the whole game, and you know Tigres just yeah, there's only so much of a beating you can take, and and really for me, um, when you when you talk about like oh you know the European teams or like you know why they're they're playing at a better level or, you know, why they're considered, you know, some of the, you know, most talented players out there. It's, it's not, for me, it's not of a, of, of, it's not talent. That's like separating like Mexico or other regions compared to like UEFA. For me, it's the intensity, uh, just the, just the, the grind, the hunger, uh, how badly they want to win. The intensity is at another level and also uh, decision-making and speed is at a higher level. Um, every time Tigres had the ball, Bayern Munich pressed very, very aggressively. And I think like for Liga Mekis, we're just not used to that kind of intensity. I'm watching the game right now with Pachuca and Atlas. They're not pressing at all. They're letting him have the ball. And then, you know, they're kind of just like kicking it. <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. This is like some Sunday league shit. You know, everyone's playing at like 50%. Yeah. I'm, man, that's a lot to pack in right there. Uh, two things. I think one, for Liga MX, a lot of it to me is product of this short season format. And I think that changes a lot of of how the teams play, you know, just because the season's over right away, you know, you and there's this shuffle to at least get into qualification zone and, and stay there. So I think I think um, teams play it safe a lot of the times, but I mean I, I agree with you with the intensity. It's it's always been it's always been more. Uh, and with Liga MX, well, it depends when they play the games too, because if you're and then where you're at, yeah, if you're in the super high altitude of like like Azteca or or um, Toluca, and also depends. It's like like America used to play their games. Sunday, Sunday, like in the morning. No, no, not morning, like in the afternoon. Like around 12 or something. And um, so, you know, you just have to imagine what the heat was, especially if it's in the summer. So that, that's one, I think that's one reason you don't see um, more games with added more, with more pressing, more, that level of intensity, I think that's, um, and then, you always hear, I, I forget, dude, <laughs> I, was, I, I had it, had it in my head, but yeah, that, that's, that's been one, right, especially like in the summer, so, but, but there are teams that play at night, I know Atlas used to play at night, and, and they would have really good games at the Jalisco, you know, and it's, it's, the conditions were perfect for the, you know, they had a, a pretty fast game, a lot of running and whatnot. But, yeah, for some teams that that would play, like, like Veracruz and whatnot, and they would play, like, 
Like it would be very hot and then humid and, and if you try to do if you try to do that, dude, the teams would just you know, you run out of gas. Um and if you know if you want a good example of this, Jaime, check out a lot of the matches of USA World Cup ninety four. Oh yeah? You know, it was yeah, it was during the summer, it was very hot and a lot of these teams are gassed. I believe it. You know? Yeah, I mean, they were just, like, suffering through it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think if, if Liga MX wanted to be more, more to that style, then they would have to get into, you know, do it where they could program more games, more night games. And I don't know, I don't know all of the mechanics for that. You know, I don't, I don't know how it would be if it, it would work for every city and whatnot. So everyone's slightly different. So, but you know, at least during the summer when, when it gets very hot and humid and depending the regions, I do think that's something that the league would have to do. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they talk about that stuff. Yeah, I think it's, they a, have their, it's their a, meeting with presidentes. It's a thing we don't really think about as, uh, you know, viewers and, uh, couch coaches, we don't really think about the elements or just the region in general and how that can play into yeah. a factor of, you know, this type of style. I, I do, I do understand that like, uh, here in North America, in Mexico and stuff, you can't be pressing like that. And you're in Chiapas at like two in the afternoon, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just not realistic or, um, yeah. you know, you're in El Azteca and, and I think that's why Mexico, uh, intentionally plays, their World Cup oh, qualifiers, their World Cup qualifiers games at, at, at in the you know highest part of the uh, of the day where it's hot and and uh, the altitude and that also plays a factor into uh, performance. Yeah, well, they do in the two quinto partidos, you know. Yeah, they did it playing pretty much. I think every game at Azteca, but when they lost, I remember when they lost to Germany, they played out. They went out. They left the Azteca. I don't know in '70 if they played, but I know '86 um, they went out, and so I mean that's that's the fortress, you know. <clears throat> and they left, they left the fort. I mean, uh, I, 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 uh, you know, I was trying to think like, oh, when's the last World Cup that was like in a warmer climate? And you know, you think of Brazil, right, in 2014. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's their winter, you know. So it's not that. Yeah, bad. it's that's opposite. Yeah. yeah. It's not that bad. Uh, I think this is... Yeah, the f- it was raining. It was even raining. Remember the Mexico-Cameroon game? Yeah. I do remember there was a water break, though, uh, the Netherlands-Mexico game. And uh, there was a water break. I know. And, and that's, they messed up by taking it. That's the... Uh, Van Gaal talks about how he took advantage. Yeah, he took advantage of the tactical you know? side of that. It's like a it's like a timeout. You know, you don't get those in soccer. Um, I feel I'm like, no, dude, until someone drops from a heat stroke. <laughs> We're not stopping, dude. It'll be interesting to see how the you know the 2022 World Cup is going to handle that. You know, in Qatar, they're moving it to the winter. They moved it, to, yeah. But even then, I mean, it's still really, really hot. It's desert, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how that. But it's night games, you know. I mean, what time? What time of day are they going to play? I'm not sure. I mean, there's going to be um, what 64 teams. So, I mean, there's going to be a <laughs> lot of games, man. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, someone's I mean, going to have to play too. in the daytime. <laughs> they can't all be at night. 
But, you know, for me, just like it was a very frustrating game to watch because it was clear that, you know, Bayern, it was just a matter of time they were going to score. In fact, they had a goal early in the match. Uh, Kimmich had one um, disallowed because of offsides. And for me, it's like, all right, you know, it's just frustrating to see the way they lost. It was there was just nothing going forward. It was all lateral passing when Tigas had the ball or back to their goalie. And it was just a lot of the same shit that frustrates me when I, when I see Chivas, uh, you know, and we're going to talk about Chivas against Nikaxa where the, you know, the bunker, they just, they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to break through that. They don't have like the balls to just try and dribble through players. Instead, they try to keep passing the ball. And then, you know, by doing that, uh, Bayern Munich was just waiting for the mistake and then just capitalizing on it. Uh, Noel Guzman had a really good game. Uh, shout out to him. He, I think he was, you know, probably one of the best players, uh, for Tigres, and uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, di- you know, despite not winning, Tigres have have already made history. You know, doing uh, going all the way to the final that's that's a step in the right direction for for Mexico. First, first ever, yeah, first and, ever, and for, for Concacaf, you know, Concacaf team and Mexico. So I think that you know there there are some positives there, some more exposure to the league maybe, or at least to the team and some players. Uh, you know, a lot of people are watching that match. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're going to come back to Mexico. Uh, in fact, they're, they should be back already and they will be playing, uh, I want to say on Wednesday, uh, against Cruz Azul. So back to the grind. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It must be kind of tough for them, you know, to... all that traveling. Yeah. It hasn't I even been Chivas, a week. I would have I liked, I would have liked to have Chivas face them. <laughs> take wait, advantage wait, of the back. of the jet lag the fatigue everything yeah i think are really behind they've only played four matches and uh kind of messed up you know because the game the final was on was on thursday so for them to not even have a full week rest is pretty rough and cruz azul um or i would say are doing pretty good uh they're definitely found their stride and uh it's not going to be easy for for Tigres to bounce back but I, I do think that they'll take away from this and understand like the level and intensity and maybe come back to Mexico and be like, all right, you know, last week we were playing against like Lewandowski, Sané and all these incredible <laughs> players. Now we're going to play against like Orbelin Pineda and, you know, Piojo Alvarado and stuff like this is this is a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Ouch. I, I think. um. I think I think Tigres slowly doing, you know, what we talked about how they're they're shedding that equipo chico tag, you know. What do you yeah, think? Will what more do they need to accomplish to sort of break that stigma? Like, how many more titles do they need? Right now, how many do they have? Like five or six? Yeah, I think they're gonna have to be like at ten, you know. 10 league titles, I think at that point, they, you know, there is, I think just, just staying consistent, like the way they've been for the past 10 years, you know, and they, they maintain that consistency and they continue to win, uh, not just, you know, Liga MX and then, um, Conca champions and, and 
going abroad and, and who knows with Libertadores, it's, it's seems to still be up in the air. Um, yeah, but just, just continue doing that, you know? And I think eventually they, they will catch up to the, to the traditional grandes. And we said it here, teams that are grandes, they don't always stay, you know, as, as the big teams. Cause Leon, Leon was, you know, one of the first teams to be the most, hey, we're going back to 50s, 60s, but they used to be one of the, the traditional grandes. And no one thinks of them as that anymore. Yeah. I mean, they fell off the face of the earth after the 1950s. <laughs> I'm looking at their titles, you know, 48, 49, 51, 56, and then 1991. Yeah. Like like forty years past. No, and and those those were just the league titles, and that's when the long league that format. That was the traditional season. And, yeah, and you could add to that cup titles, and super cup titles, and whatever other. Sometimes they would play. Um, Copa de Campeones. You know, yeah, they have five of those. Or quadrangulares too. I mean, those maybe they're not as. As prestigious, but back then mm. there wasn't that many um, tournaments to play outside. That makes sense. So they they did have some weight. I mean, they're not official, but I mean, it was something that the teams would do, and they would organize games, and they would they would invite teams from like Brazil or Europe, and they'll have like four four team tournaments or whatever, and uh, you know. It was something they would do to measure to against just to see how they did against outside of the region, outside of the country. But yeah, there was a team that was winning a lot, and and no one really sees them like that. And they were the first kind of campeonissimo, I guess, to an extent. Probably, I don't want to mm. piss off my chivo hermanos, but <laughs> they did have like a but. What was it like? Almost four, almost four or five titles there. Yeah, yeah. But then they 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 ended up becoming one of those teams that just got relegated. I don't know how many times they got relegated, but that that I mean, you know, you know how far they dropped Jaime. I think when they came back up to no, before they came up back up to first, I think they bought the team for like four million. Oh wow. Yeah, man. So that's that's, that's trippy, crazy, that, you know. Yeah, because I remember, like in the nineties, that's like my first. You know, I was born in the nineties. I remember them being in in the uh, Amekis for a little bit. I remember Leandro uh, Augusto or what was his name? Uh, yeah, he, he ended up going to Pumas. He was playing for that team. I remember that, and then they got relegated, and then I just never heard from them ever again until uh, <laughs> you know Rafa Marquez and. Uh, didn't Carlos Slim own that team at the time when they won their two? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think uh, Slim ever bought a team. Oh. I know he he um he helped fund the team. He was involved, was. right? But, yeah, but I don't know which one it was though. I don't. I don't know which club. Huh. Could have been them. I mean, if they could have formed Marquez, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. 
Because I think he was trying to get into soccer, and you had the rumors that he was going to buy Chivas and all that. But yeah, it never did happen. Um, yeah, man. They, you know, and that's the trippy thing because they went they went up to first, and then um, they still went broke, and to the point where Grupo Pachuca took over. That's right. We're going to talk more about match week six. And uh, we we end up being profits on this show quite a bit. You know, I was talking about Armenio last season and how he was scoring goals. Well, he himself got him four, uh, three against Juarez. They ended up beating them 4-0. It's time for Chivas to get him, man. It's time to make the move, sign the contract. We Not don't just ha- Chivas, though, man. Also... <laughs> Tata needs to capture him because he has that Peruvian connection. Oh God! And so if he if he ends up playing for Peru, close. I will. I swear to God, there's no the way. Doors for Cuba will be closed, huh? There's no way, man. I do think it's weird. I mean, to be fair, we haven't had too many opportunities to have call ups. You know, I think Mexico will be playing friendlies in March, um, and I know that they're in the pre Olympic uh, tournament. They're going to start getting ready for that, trying to qualify for the Olympics in Tokyo, which are still yet to be, you know, still unsure if those are actually going to go through. Yeah. Uh, Antuna got COVID positive, so he's out of the, the training camp. But Ormeño, man, hat trick. He's got three uh, against Juarez, 4-0, and uh, he's, a, he's a tall player. That's another nice thing about him. He's more of like a target man. That's something that yeah. is uh, – Something Chivas would would need, you know. Mexico doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't you know generate too many strikers, so we gotta take what we got. <laughs> and you know they haven't been able to have uh, that type of target man. You know they 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 never have. Um, I would say Saldivar would would play back to the goal a little bit, but not you know not too much. But but like that that will probably. Um, who was that tronco that came from Monterrey? Uh, este... Oh, God. That guy was a straight-up tronco. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where he's playing anymore. But I know I know who you're talking about. It starts with the M. I forgot his name. Yeah, that dude. And just... like, But, I mean, I mean with, with that type of, like, physique, you know? Yeah. Uh and and get in the box, uh, you know, bully bully some defenders in there, um, yeah, and 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 I, I think I think even you know even if you're not calling him up, I wonder if Tata still would talk to him, you know, and and let him know what he thinks because, and but I don't know how serious Peru is either, you know, and I I know their team had been really good recently. I don't I don't know how they are in the striker department, but um, Chivas needs to get on it, man. They should be talking to this dude already. Hmm. I agree. They need to to get the ball rolling. And And, uh, we we have some clout with Puebla because, you know, they have a few players from Chivas um, either on loan or just, you know, they just ended up selling them to Puebla. So, 
you know, Saldivar, for example, was a player that we loaned him out to. So, you know, why not? You guys can can trade Saldivar for Ormeño, although I'm sure it's going to be very dif- difficult for them to let go of their striker. Um, but, yeah, I was watching Fabian play, and, man, that guy's, you know. He finally played. Yeah. It's what could have been. Every time I look at him, I'm like, what could have been? Well, he did get injured, so I mean, and and I wonder yeah. if he hadn't been injured before that, where he was just not at one hundred percent. Back injuries are no joke, and I know that like a lot of people have a really hard time recovering from them, and they're you know they end up not even being the same same person anymore, or same player. You know, you can't do the stuff that you used to be able to do because you're. You're back, so it's it's a very serious injury. I I get it. He was on his way to uh, Turkey, right before he he failed his medical. He he had to, yeah, they did the medical and they just nope, send them back. And then he was away at Philadelphia, uh, and they just didn't renew him. I, yeah, they decided yeah, it's to. Pretty sad. Yeah, now he's at Juarez, and uh, you know they're they're not doing so well. Juarez right now are uh, 12th, right right there with Chivas with five points. Pumas also have uh, – oh, wait, sorry. That's the old table. I'm looking at the new table. <laughs> uh, five points for, for Juarez, yeah. It's uh, 16th position. They were, yeah, man. They were able to beat Chivas, huh? but <laughs> – that's just then, uh, you know, finding a way to uh, – oh, they're, they're using my old playbook. I know how to beat them. Yeah, he did. He he, he got one back, and I still – I still, you know, I still – I'm still waiting to see why he got sacked. I know it's going to be a long time till we find out. If we find out, but you know. No, nah, those things always come out. <laughs> it's always a tell-off. It gets to the point where it doesn't matter. Like if he's once he retires, it doesn't matter, you mm. know. Like, yeah, he probably doesn't want to jeopardize his future careers. You know. Yeah, it'll. it'll but something, something happened right there, man. Some, Maybe something uh, went wrong. He made it. He tried to make a move on the masseuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like La Volpe. Yeah, La, which I don't even know how that ended. You know. Supposedly they took him to court, but I don't think he was found guilty because he still went on to coach. So, um, yeah, Mexico. yeah, I still think Atenas is still in my board, still in my conspiracy board. Hopefully, we'll we'll figure it out once the uh, all or nothing Chivas series comes out. Whenever that happens, I'm sure they'll shed some light for us. Some more results in the league. We were talking about Leon having a really tough time. They lost to Tijuana 2-0. And uh, Tijuana doing really well. They are in third place with 12 points. Not bad. Really, really good season, at least compared to last season. (laughs) Um, But what's going on with Leon, you know? Are they just snoozing? It's like the alarm on your phone every morning you just want to snooze for another eight minutes another eight minutes all of a sudden you, you know you're gonna yeah 
I'll get there eventually. Uh, another another week. There were like one more week. Um, as as a combination of things, uh, you know, maybe they're still in celebration mode. Um, for Leon, because they were man, it's it's very unlike them. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about one of the most consistent teams in the last two years, you know, uh, having very, very high positions in the league. But maybe right now it's just, it's like when you finally, you know, bust a nut, you got nothing left, dude. You know, they've been, <laughs> they were, they were backed up for two seasons, you know, they weren't able to bust their nut. And now finally they got their title there. <laughs> Smoking their cigarette. <laughs> whatever. They're just like, hey, whatever, whatever, man. I, 12 spots. There's yeah. 12 spots. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a couple of things here. Um, I got to say, I was completely off. Although I'm going I'm to I'm stick to my guns in one of them. Uh, first, Toluca, I was... But Toluca, I was not sure how they were going to do with Cristante. And, you know, just bringing him back. But they're in first place. Um, oh, yeah. So good for them. Good, good for them. Um, let's let's see how how that ends up working for them. And America, because I, I, I said, you know, they're doing all these changes, and and I foresaw them crashing. But second place, they're in second place, and here it could very well be the calendar. You know, they're getting some of the easy rivals right now, so I'm gonna hold on to my mm. to my prediction. Uh, so I mean, not predict that they wouldn't leave you. I just predict that they're not going to be as strong as they had been. Uh, so let's see. Let's see. Um, you know, you know, Piojo's looking at this team like, damn it, I was the problem. Because Solari, you know, it's coming in yeah. there, wasting no time. Well, I mean, you can't say he was the problem when he, you know, he did take him to the to the. Um, well, what I meant is, like, I, I, I think they're just, you know, this dynamic was getting old. I think I think they were just, like, it was time to move on. And, uh, I mean, what he did with, with America is impressive. And we're, we're, you know, we haven't had a, that much opportunities to participate in the IA or win silverware. So we're coming from a different perspective as Chivas fans. But, you know, America fans now are entitled, you know, because they're, they're so used to winning all the time or just participating. That you know, they started to realize, like, "Hey, man, that's yeah." You guys had a you guys had a good coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were always contenders, um, and in in various tournaments. So let's let's that's and that's that's where my prediction is that I, I feel they're not gonna they're not gonna have that consistency anymore. Um, but I mean, well, they let's, play. Let's uh, see how it goes. They play Atlas next, so they're probably gonna continue this streak. <laughs> In fact, you know, I'm actually this is an awakening. I'm a little concerned, right? Because check this out. They're going to play Atlas next week. Uh, I'm sorry, on 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 Saturday. Then they play Pachuca. And then you know, like by the time they play us, they're going to man. Hey, but see, but but they're 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 getting all the easy ones. Like did you see Rocky 3 when Mr. T challenges um Rocky and then um and and he's telling, you know, 
he talks to Mickey, his coach, and Mickey's telling him like, "This guy's gonna whoop your ass." <laughs> and and then Rocky's like, "Dude, I've I've defended the belt like twelve times, you know, and I won every match." And he's like, "Yeah, but those were bombs. <laughs> those were bombs. Like sort of like I handpicked them, just knowing you were gonna beat them." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "This dude's the real deal, you know. He's hungry. He's gonna just he's gonna." gonna whoop your ass and then um that that's just what happens you know when they meet um mr t was just hungry he just just you know just opens a can of whoop ass and and so i think that could happen man <laughs> I'm, well, I'm like i used to playing bombs and then they they play at chivas has been having a dog fight since match the season started. Yeah, straight up, man. Just been on scrap, scrap fights after scrap <laughs> fights. <laughs> Neighborhood cat just nine lives, man. We're down to like, we're down to like three <laughs> or four. You know, we've had some some encounters. They chose violence yeah. to start the season. You know, it's it's been tough. <laughs> but yeah. so I mean, I, yeah, yeah, and and you know what, Jaime. The last three games, Chivas has had the upper hand over America. Going back to the Copa for Mexico. Copa for Mexico. Um, wait, how did but they did, do we, the we lost to them in regular season, though. Oh, I forgot that one. And then, but, then but you know, back in we won the ones that mattered in the playoffs. So, everything has balance. Uh, another uh, thing to point out with the Juana Fidel Fidel Martinez has four goals for the season. Season third, uh, Ormeño also has four. Uh, Macias has four. Angel Sepulveda has four. There's a lot of strikers with four goals. Uh, Nicolas Ibanez has five, and number one right now is uh, Pedro Canelo. So he's got six. So there's kind of a correlation between. You know, teams in the top spot and having a, a striker that's sort of producing a lot of goals. Um, yes, speaking of producing, um, that's been JJ Mack. He's he's been scoring lately. I know he hit he he had a bit of a rough rough patch, but he seems you know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to Chivas in a second, but you know he's does he does have four goals and one own goal, so he's on fire. <laughs> he's score against anyone. He scores on both ends of the of the pitch. <laughs> we're gonna get to Chivas in a little bit. Uh, I wanted to go over the Atlético San Luis uh, beating Mazatlan three zero, and uh, like I mentioned, Ibanez. Uh, he's got five goals for the season, so he's he's helping Atleti right now. Um, they didn't have the best of of a yeah. season, but now they're you know they've had some pretty yeah, they, favorable results. With new coach, uh, that the Uruguayo, yeah, Rocco or something, his name is. Um, so they they seem yeah. We we were talking about because they both. Um, was at least one of the teams that beat Chivas early on. And they were talking about how they have, you know, they brought in a new coach to try to shake things up. But Mazatlan too, man, they're in 11th. So San Luis is in 10th and Mazatlan is in 11th. Not bad for that team, you know. Um, 
they're still within playoffs. Who knows what would happen because there's some some stronger teams right below them that could easily knock him off off that perch. But I think this is the good start for them. Absolutely. I mean, just to give people perspective, uh, Atletico was in last place last season with 11 points. You know, so they're already <laughs> producing almost uh, they're they're four points away from from already you know equaling that amount. They have seven <laughs> they have seven right now in six games, so they're they're having a way better season. As far as Mazatlan, they ended up in fourteenth uh, with uh, sixteen points, so they still have quite a way to go. But you know, Tijuana, for example, fifteenth position last season. Now they're in third. I mean. We're we're seeing some crazy sort of shifts, and it, and that's that's again and go uh, uh, going back to like just the inconsistency of the league, having this sort of short season, uh, a lot of flux, a lot of things change, a lot of things happen, you know, and uh, it's very hard to be consistent. Yeah, and a lot of changes in in coaches, you know, a lot of these teams have new coaches, you know, so Toluca Juarez. You know, Atletico San Luis. Um, Mazatlan picked up uh, Tomas Boy. Yeah. Have... Well, he came last season, right? Well, I know they fired like, they oh, fired yeah? uh, Palencia like mid-season, I think. So okay, yeah. He this is like his first like. But you know, but, you know even Monterrey, so Monterrey new coach, Tijuana new coach, America oh, yeah, new coach, Toluca yeah. new coach, America, uh, Atletico San Luis, uh, Juarez. Everybody and um, that's almost yeah, dude. Everyone just just switched up. Um, Cruz Azul, um, you know. So it's like, damn. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, and then Pachuca might be, might be. Do you know who's who's Tuso? I thought it was uh, was it Gabriel Caballero? Or did they get rid of him? I hadn't even I, I stopped. They had. I remember had Palermo. Pa- and, um, Paolo Pesa Pesoloano. I don't know. Went for another another Argentine. He's from uh, Uruguay. Ah, oh, same same thing. Tomato tomato. <laughs> they both have two World Cups, right? Or, yeah. Or does Argentina yeah. only have one? F two, right? No, Argentina won in seventy eight and then eighty six. Okay, okay. Wait, both times in Mexico? No, nineteen seventy was Mexico. Okay, seventy eight was Spain. No, seventy eight. They hosted. No, oh, they hosted. Is they hosted. Oh shit! Mexico okay, Mexico was eighty six. Yeah, Spain was eighty two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Close. You're close. Let's talk about Chivas, man. I've been. Frustrated with their performance, you know, you go and, and you beat the champions uh, with Leon. Then you you're at, you go home, and uh, <laughs> you're losing to Necaxa. Uh, and it's very frustrating for them to, to. It was a very frustrating game to watch. You know, uh, I'm a big hater of like parking the bus and just being anti football, and that's you know that's what Necaxa did. They scored a goal and they basically try to hold on to it for as long as possible. And uh, if it wasn't for a very, very good individual um, 
play by Brizuela, he he set up Angulo for the for the equalizer. Um and then Macias went for a header on a free kick, ended up scoring in our goal, so we were down 2-1 and it seemed like the game was going to end that way and uh one thing I'll give Chivas credit is that they just kept on fighting. They kept on pushing. They didn't give up. And in the last minute, uh, Macias scored again and uh, gave us the victory or the draw. The draw. I almost said victory. I almost you said know, victory. Yeah. I was. I didn't have access to the match, and I was. I was on uh, Facebook, on the Facebook Live where videos. And uh, the feet kept getting cut. Oh, <laughs> they, they kept cutting it, uh, or or they'll try to link it somewhere else. But one of the one of the channels was like uh, those viewing where it's like five people viewing the game. Uh huh. But you're not seeing the game; you're seeing them, and sort of they have like they have, oh, like, they're the like com- they have the the fat nerd. They got like the, the <laughs> you know like <laughs> you know they got like one of each you know to fit. You know, to fit almost all the stereotypes, and and I'm clicking, and I, I finally clicked on them. The game had ended. Just I was trying to get know what the score was, huh. and uh, and they were like, they were all like sad, dude. <laughs> Even though it was a draw, one of those like almost, you know, they rescued the draw. Yeah. And they were saying like the worst, the worst game Chivas played, and this felt like a defeat. That they said it, 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 it really felt did more like a defeat. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely felt like wow, we just really pulled one out of our ass because it, it it did feel like a defeat the way they were playing. Um, because you know Nikaxa was defending with all eleven players, and there's just it was impossible for them to to break it. And the thing for me is like okay, like I understand that you know you're a small club. You get the lead. You're on the road. You just defend. Um, but yeah. for the, for Chivas, the thing that pissed me off, and this is where Vucic really needs to fix this, is like the one trick pony. Like they just kept doing the same thing over and over again, thinking that oh maybe we'll get a different result this time. Uh, they kept pushing the ball towards the wings because that's the only space they had, and then they kept like either losing the ball or crossing it, but it was a very bad cross. And it's just like yo, and then they just kept doing that, and it's just like. That's not going to get us the victory. You guys got to find a way to break the bunker. Um, and that's where you have players that, unfortunately, we, we just got rid of one. Uh, Chofis, you know, he's a player, very creative, very good dribbling. He knows how to break those lines. He knows how to feed the ball through those cracks, uh, take on a player. And and unfortunately, like, those creative hijinks, they just, they're very, very rare. So it's like when you have one and you let him go, it's like, damn, you know, it's very frustrating. Well, that's, that's, that's- yeah, that's that's the whole thing with trophies. Not so much they let him go as, you know, the player kept messing up, and and they had already, you know, they had already done the whole contract thing and all that stuff. Yeah, they had separated so, him from the team. Yeah, which no, no, they did like a contract like at the start of the season. It was like oh. players had to sign a contract saying that like a commitment. You know, yeah. If, if, yeah, commitment to the club, and if they got caught, they were going to be fined and all that. And it kept happening, you know, even though they had signed it. But it gets to the point where if you don't do something, I mean, people are just going to lose respect. 
they're not going to take you serious. And the whole thing went with the four players involved and then what happened, the accusations. So at that point, it was like, you know, you reached their limit. And so they they took all of them out. <laughs> and yeah, it's hard because right? it does hurt the team, uh, especially if they weren't they weren't able to bring in players to replace them. Um, so it, it hurts it hurts the club, but it's 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 you know they're not trying to hurt themselves. It's just one of those things you have to do, um, you know, before you you lose complete control of of the locker room, because uh, it's been a problem, you know, for for years now the whole the whole um, partying and whatnot. Yeah, just not taking things too serious. Um, and 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 we've talked about it here. I mean, just how how common it's become to to miss so many ligillas, you know? Um, in other countries, man, the fans will be at your house throwing <laughs> rocks, trying to burn it down. I, I'm, not, I'm not asking for that, you know? I'm not asking for that, but it, it happens where it's like, do you make ligilla? And, and they would be just chucking rocks at you and doing all this stuff. They would not leave you alone. Um, and, and I don't want that to happen. I'm not, I'm not but I'm just saying it it's gotten to the point where it it you know you match for a bit and then you just don't care and then it's like season starts like within like in two months so we'll have another shot and yeah. I think that's and it goes into the mentality you were talking about the whole intensity and whatnot and I and that's why I say the the whole short season is part of it because even if you you know fracasas starts the, the, the start yeah. of the season is almost right away and then it's like a goldfish memory shot. yeah etch a sketch you know <laughs> just start over and not just yeah not just another shot to start with like almost two or three more on top of that because it's ligilla and then it's like okay up to eight teams but now it's up to 12 so mm-hmm. it's it's always like you, <laughs> you keep getting so many chances to at least qualify and then even for a lot of fans, just qualifying it seems to be enough. You know, like the season wasn't that bad. So at least you did Ligia. But I do feel that's that's one of the course corrections Chivas has to do where where the mentality there has to be a commitment to just to be very professional and, and the, that's why I've I've become, you know, with my with my older age, Jaime, I've become more of a res- resultadista. You know, I care more about the result than all teams looking bad or they're not playing well and mm-hmm. and they look like crap. <laughs> I don't, I don't care no more. Uh, just get the points and and get to the promised land. Get to Ligia. I think, I, to me, Chivas is a long way from from at least expectation wise. From playing, just having a better style of, you know, the style of game where you're playing so good and 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 it's attractive to watch and and you look forward to the games, just because they've been so bad for so long. I um, agree. You know, just so long. And then I mean, 2017 is the numbers four years ago. You know, and yeah, even before like Mati came, like it was dark times for Chivas. You know, after. Like 2010, you know, Libertadores and then Chicharito leaving. And then after that, we just went pew, you know. So it's just like, it's been almost like a decade of just doom and gloom with 
a random title thrown in there, you know, <laughs> but the reality is like for the last 10 years, Chivas have been a very, very frustrating team to watch, you know, at least in the early two thousands, we had uh, a team that was competing in Libertadores and, you know, that really got spy, but yeah, from 2010 to 2020, it, it was a tough, a real roller coaster of a, of an era, you know, with yeah. the, with the coaching and, and carousel and, and all that. And we look at like the Matias success, and it happened in a short span, you know. Very short. Um, he got a bunch of these titles, and like, you know, he gets doblete, and then you have the the one-off, you know, Supercopa against Veracruz, and that's an, you're playing a, a, you know, even that seems surreal, you know, you're playing Veracruz for a cup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is this? Nineteen fifty, like. <laughs> and that's three. You know, you, now you're at you're at three titles, and they already had won a Copa MX, so that's four. So I mean, he he won a bunch like in a short time, and and but I think it was only one league title. Um, yeah. The other three, it was two Copa MX and the Supercopa. And then the Conca Champions. I, I mean, they're they're nice to win, but they yeah. don't carry much weight when you have teams that no longer exist or in second division that are in the list of champions. <laughs> you know, you just know a lot of that. I think it, it did a lot for the city of Guadalajara, having everybody in the Minerva, you know, celebrating these cup titles. Well, yeah, because... And just getting... Yeah, but see, it goes to show, it yeah. goes to show just how thirsty the fans were oh, yeah. to win something where they're remember, celebrating a Copa MX. Remember the, we got a trophy for beating Boca and penalties? It was a friendly. It was the debut of uh, Chivas TV. <laughs> And uh, oh yeah, they did. <laughs> and they was against Boca, and they had a tough, you know one of those Mickey Mouse trophies at the end of it. They beat him in penalties, and it was like, really, bro? Like <laughs> Copa Gigantes or something like that. I think they called it. Yeah. But no, what's he? Because Copa makes. I mean, you you do want to win, but I'm just I'm just mentioning this so that just keep our feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the thing about Copa MX that loses prestige is not all the teams play it. So the top teams from the season, they don't go to Copa MX. They go to uh, Coca Champions. Champions. Yeah. So you you have like more of a, yeah. what is it, from fifth, from fifth to whatever. And then even a lot of those teams, a lot of times don't even, they'll use it for the reserves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that, that takes away from it, you know. Um, yeah, it loses a little bit of prestige. Yeah, something that. You know, but to the yeah. but to the second division teams, this is like Champions League to them. You know, this is like this is like oh man, this is a big deal. You know, and for the fans of of those teams too, you know, they get to see some some pretty big names. No, it is. It is. That's why I mean, I, I know I'm knocking the cup to an extent, but I think. I still want it to be something, and, and I think part of it would be, you know, the clubs would have to take it more serious, but also the league, you know, with, with a lot of the rules in regards to the cup. Um, they, I mean, they could just they could just keep messing with it till they find the mm-hmm. right, you know, the right um, man. What's the word? Format, the right format yeah. to play it, you know, and it could be one-off games. No need to do a, no need to have a group stage. You could just have a bunch of one-offs, you know. You know. Yeah, like FA Cup. And, and 
Yeah, do it, just do it like that, and, and just the the one and done. If it ties, then they have a second. Uh, they do a what do they call it when they like if it if it ends in a tie, they don't go to penalties. They just do they just do a replay at the other team's right. uh, venue, which is kind of cool. Yeah, see stuff like that, um, but I don't I don't know, man. The um, problem is in Mexico, there's like two tiers of you know, professional soccer in England, there's like five or six tiers. You know what I mean? There's no, I mean, you do have like Mex does have third, third and fourth division. Do they? They could. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I did not know that. Yeah. They, yeah. You could go down. I know they have the, the ballon pied sort of adjacent. No, that's other one. That's, yeah. That's it's, a, it's like a, that's a different league. It's like a different league, you know, affiliated. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think um, just having the right price money and one. I think it would be cool like, to do like uh, a MLS like Mexico like style FA Cup. You know, just a one done elimination game. I know that would suck for traveling purposes, but you know MLS has like what twenty thirty teams, so it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I, and then I think that's what they're working at. Ultimately, that's what they're working. They're trying to do like because they're just trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, no, no group stage, just straight up like put them all in the tournament, even the Canadian teams, and <laughs> uh, just one, one and done. You know, maybe two legs. I don't know. Maybe two legs would be more fair, but because you know, Conca Champions, you only get four teams from each region. And that's not enough. It it would be nice to have every every team participating. Well, but there's there's a lot of countries. I mean, uh, unless you're just talking about three leagues. No, I'm just talking about strictly like MLS and Mexico having like a like a FA Cup type of cup. I think that'd Their be kind of yeah. I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, 27 teams in MLS and Mexico has what 18. So I mean, that's that's a lot of that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randomize it. Just draw them out of a. You know, what is it called? They, you know, like when they do the the sorteo, they throw the like like the um the, the um what's it called the lotto or the or the yeah <laughs> yeah like the lotto man just just draw them out of just randomly thing, whatever it's called. <laughs> I want to see like I don't know the craziest travel. It's like Canadian team versus like. I don't know, Puebla or something. <laughs> just, that would suck ass. Just for just for them to ex, you know uh, experience the extreme climates. You know, like imagine a Mexican team playing in the snow, and then also having like a Canadian team play like in the freaking humid, humid climate. It's just interesting. Um, really quickly, I wanted to cover a few more results and then talk about some uh, other topics. Uh, America won 2-1 against Querétaro. And uh, something uh, worthy to to mention is uh, Santiago Naveda. He scored a goal in the 26th minute. Who is this kid? He's had a few. Uh, he's already had his professional debut, but he's a young kid. And, uh, yeah, you know, he just he got the starting um, position in that game, and everybody was kind of surprised. 
So, uh, yeah, another player uh, that America debuted and, you know, got a goal in. And uh, this, uh, as of late, as far as the – if I'm keeping track of everything, I think America has done a better job uh, with the Cantera than, than Chivas have, unfortunately. For, yeah, for a good, what, man, well, maybe 10 years? It's yeah. been a while, but, yeah, they have. You look at the players that are abroad. And it's way more, you know. Um, Raul, Edson Alvarez. Huh? I don't even remember who the last one from Chivas was. To Salcedo? Leave. Was he? Oh, that's right. It was Salcedo. Fabian Salcedo. And yeah. He, he ran right back. Um, so, yeah, no, overall, America has. Yeah, we talked We talked about how and uh, they, they took out Tena, who was one of the. One of the main dudes at the youth, they replaced them, and I'm I'm a guess that this guy was part of part of the Tena group. Um, probably won't see results of the new guy um, until few. You know, it takes a while. I was I was reading, and I dude, I gone crazy because I kept looking for it and I can't find it anymore. But it was like an article with um, Leo Benhacker. He had um, you know he had coached. Ajax and he coached Real Madrid. He came to Mexico, coached America and then Chivas. And he was talking about like the youth Monteras. And he said, oh, it takes four years to see results. So, you know, from when you start working, you know, and wow. it kind of makes sense because if, if you have kids that are 14 and four years are 18, and if you had some that were like 18, they're already in their early 20s. So, that makes sense, the whole four-year thing, you know? Dang. And, um, yeah, and if they're like 12, then they're like 16, and you go by that age, you kind of could tell their potential and, and getting them ready. Um, so let's see how it goes for them because they they, they changed up their, their youth program. They brought the dude from um, Villarreal. So oh, wow. let's see how that how that ends up working for them. You know, and then Chivas, well, they've, they keep um, going to the drawing board. You know, they had Huero Real for years, and then they got rid of his stuff, and they brought in the Grupo Croit. <laughs> Grupo Croit was like, they brought in a bunch of youth coaches. And then what was it, after six months or something? Mercado's like, yeah, I don't want this. And uh, they bring in the whole a whole other group and then I think uh, Real came back again and then um, and then when Almeida came he was in charge of the youth so then he was doing something else then Almeida left and then we have Leaño is the one that's been in charge yeah and uh, with Leaño what one of the things they've been doing is they, they've been sending the youth to Spain you know, to like the third divisions. So we'll see how that how that works. Yeah, he's nineteen, so pretty dream start for you know for this kid. And uh, putting the rivalries aside, I'm I'm more than a fan of seeing young blood, especially if they're Mexican. Uh, you know, just just more more players to enter the pool and uh, hopefully take Mexico to new heights. 
there was more than one debut as well uh, in another game. But America ended up winning 2-1 against Querétaro. Uh, they're in third place, or sorry, second place. Uh, Querétaro in seventh, so um, staying competitive. Uh, Toluca, I watched the highlights for Toluca and Pumas. Really a shame for Pumas. You know, they had a goal disallowed. Uh, it went to VAR review. It was offside. It would have changed the dynamic of the game. Uh, in the end, Toluca ended up scoring a last-minute goal, 87th to 88th minute. Uh, Alexis Canelo scoring his sixth goal of the season. Toluca steal three points away from Pumas. And, uh, yeah, and a big, big win for them, you know. Big win. To beat Pumas, it is a big win for them. First place, 13 points. Um, again, if Tigres can, uh, make up those, those two games that, that they've missed, uh, they would still be in first place to Luca. So that's something to, to point out, you know, they've been, they've been doing really well. I know you're a big Chepo fan, but <laughs> it seems like the things are starting to go back in their favor with Cristante as, as coach. Yeah, well, I mean, he he hasn't been able to finish a season. Um, so it's kind of cursed. <laughs> he talked about the whole curse of the selección. And it happened to Ojitos. And it took him a while to bounce back. And that that might be the same with with, uh, with Chepo, man. I wonder yeah. when, you know, when we're going to see him again and and what's it going to be like for him? Something really interesting happened uh, last night in Comarca. Uh, Santos Laguna had a had two players uh, debut as well, so some more young blood. Uh, it was kind of funny because one of the kids that uh, debuted is Santiago Munoz, and uh, Newcastle out of all clubs. Uh, retweeted that and uh, they put, you know, the little eye emojis because, you know, the the movie Goal, they had a player named Santiago Munez. <laughs> so they were just kind of like, I don't know, making fun of that. But yeah, Santiago Munoz, he's a Mexican-American player. He's a striker. Uh, he got his debut. And then also Omar Chagoya. He's 18 years old. So Santos um, just giving opportunity to young players and against Rayados out of all teams. That's it's a pretty ballsy move. Yeah, but I mean that's that's been the thing. You know, I was wondering with the Munoz why um, because I forgotten about that. The movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but the movie's Munez. Yeah, Munez. I mean, I close, it's close. It's close enough. enough. But I was like, are they looking at this player? <laughs> it's like, no, they're not looking at this player. It's just a homage to the to the goal movie. Yeah, I, I scrolled down the comments and then I and I was like, okay, I see, I see where. It's see funny because somebody's like, do you not remember when Newcastle sold him to the Galacticos for a record fee? <laughs> and like, <laughs> it just goes to shows like, oh, some people don't really aren't really fans, you know? They just. Because, I mean, if you're a new, if you're like, if someone had made a movie and Chivas was in the movie, are you kidding me? I would have, like, you you don't forget that. It's like, yeah, when, 
when are they going to have another movie about Newcastle United? I mean, that just it was just random. Uh, yeah, but go ahead. That movie is like twenty years old. Is it, man? Nah, it's not that old. It can't be that old. Let's see. Let me ask. I want to say two thousand five, two thousand six. It is two thousand five. Yeah, it's not twenty years old, man. That'd be. (laughs) It's like it's it passed its quinceanera. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's sixteen years old. About to be sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, sweet sixteen. Almost twenty, man. See. Wow. It's almost gonna be. Yeah. Oh, uh, so there was a uh, dust storm that stopped the game for a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. It's like a tornado. (laughs) But, again, more positive. Great, You know, that's great news. Seeing three players get their debuts, get get action in the league, and... uh, that's that's just positive stuff to see, you know. Chivas, like I had mentioned, uh, they're really pushing this Alan Torres, um, or not Alan Torres, Lalo Torres. He just hasn't been that good, but for some reason, uh, Wolfsutich keeps giving him minutes, up except, uh, uh, not except, but over uh, Beltran. Yeah, that's that's been one of the big issues. And I'm running out of excuses for Vuce. Because with time, you know, he looks, he's looked like a stud uh, to the point that Tata, you know, sigh on him. And then I know he wasn't playing because of the whole COVID. But yeah. it's been a while now, so I don't yeah, know we're what's getting going a, on right there. It's, it's almost been a year, you know. <laughs> so it's like that kind of excuse is getting old. I don't know if he just doesn't rate him or... <clears throat> Maybe there's something in the training sessions that we don't we're not seeing. Um, there was a a post on Reddit about players on expiring contracts coming up, and you know Beltran was one of those players uh, last year. You know he finally re resigned and extended his contract with Chivas, but you know they were saying how like there will be pressure from the front office, you know, to bench a player. And force them to sign, you know, their contract or extend their contract. So, you know, there's a lot of dirty tactics out there, but I don't know, man. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, and I I think it depends on the situation, too. I mean, if a player is a regular starter, then it's easier. I mean, I guess they could demand more money. But, I mean, a player like Beltran... Up and coming and talent, and a team like Chivas that struggles to get talent, you don't want to you don't want to use dirty tactics to hold on to players. Uh, then no one's gonna want to be in. No one's gonna want to be in your club. You I'm... know, it's it's to me. I like what they've been doing with players where they um they let them have like a clause to go abroad. You know, which they did with Salcedo with Fabian. And even Macias. And so, yeah, players can see, like, okay, I could come to Chivas, do good, and they're going to facilitate me Yeah. Uh, if, a, if a move comes along. So I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're doing, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything shady going on with, with Beltran. 
Um, I'm more in line with what you said. Could be something in training where maybe, um, you know, the way Vuse wants him to play and it's not working. I know sometimes, like, especially if he's seleccionado, it could go to his head. He feels like he already has it made. So it's a combination of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that happening to Arias. You know, he they said when he came back from um, winning the under-17, so he was goalie. He was a Chihuahua goalie, and he hmm. came back that he was like, you know, they said, Sandava agrandado. Hmm. Maybe it's a height and thing, you know? Beltran's only 5'4", so I don't know if he just wants a taller player in the midfield. He is? He's pretty short, man. I thought he was six feet tall. Uh, Beltran? Yeah. I'm a, I've been nah, dude, he's, else, he's a small player. Yeah, that would do it too, man. Doing a Juan Carlos Osorio oh, move. snap, you're right. You are right. Five four, dude. That's that's pretty short. Yeah. Ouch. He must not be. But man, he's, he's good I though. You know. No, he is. But then you have coaches that when they set up the team for when they're going to defend corner kicks and whatnot, and you're at a big disadvantage if you're five four. Yeah. That means he would have to move someone else, you know, maybe pull back a striker or something to go to go get the marca. Um, but I mean, I, I think, um, how tall was Iniesta? Five, six? He's, he's pretty short, too. Yeah, he's probably like he's five, 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 seven, five, six. Dude. Oh, he's five, seven? No, I say he's five, seven, oh. yeah, dude. Let me see. I'm, I'm trying to. I, what about Chavi? Find someone. Same, five seven. Ouch! So he's lacking. Like I know there's a really short Frenchman, Malbuena. Even oh, Valbuena, Valbuena. Very short. He's like five three, or he's actually five six. Damn, this dude's shorter than that. Fuck, five four, man. He's lacking like at least three inches. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, dude! I, who who was I? I need a better TV, man, or my eyesight's going. I I I never noticed Beltran was was just. Yeah, I never yeah. I never really thought about it, but I'm just trying to think like tactically. Like, there's gotta be something. So, there, sorry, there's a photo of Valbuena next to uh, uh, what was that Tronco that played for Everton forever? Curly hair. Ah, uh, I forgot his name. He's Belgian for for something. I don't know. All I know is there's a photo of uh I'll see if I can put it in the chat. It, it's pretty crazy, man. The guy looks like a straight up like, like kid. Looks like a midget, bro. <laughs> Ouch. I'ma say that's a big that's a big one right there, man. Uh Unless that's gotta be photoshopped. There's no way, dude. <laughs> Let's have a look.
Felani? I think that was the name, Felani. Felani, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that shit bothered me. He ended up at Man U. He did. And, that was uh, Moyes. Moyes' boy. No, that other, yeah, Moyes brought him. He had him over Chicharo. Yeah, because Moyes was coach at Everton for, forever. And then he brought him. Kind of does look photoshopped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a little kid, man. Oh my god, <laughs> with a big ass head. <laughs> That's so that guy, uh, Valbuena, he's 5'6. Okay, so imagine Beltran being 5'4. Like, that's two oh, inches yeah, shorter man. than that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, I hate, I hate to say it, but yeah, I think he's good at I FIFA though. He can be our he can be our e e. That's why player. they extended his contract. I remember when e, e. yeah, I remember when like uh, well they had to shut down football, and they're like, well, what do we do now? And they're like, oh, let's do like Liga Mekis, but over FIFA. And he was one of the players for Chivas that uh, defended our honor, and he was pretty good. <laughs> Maybe he can segue into that career full time, you know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's gonna be tough, man. Um, yeah, I do think, I do think that's part of it. How tall is this guy Yovasquez? Anyway. He's probably what five six. Let's let's have a look. Five five. Okay, he's got hope then. He's five five. Yeah, he's five five. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, man, Gallito, but oof, yeah, and, and um, they let him go. So, and he wasn't getting PT at that time, and I know that's one of like, like if they feel like okay, the team is gonna struggle in corner kicks or in set plays, so then they'll they'll just bring in someone, someone taller. Uh, it's these small things where it's. You know, the game's gotten so much more physical, you know. You go back, you know, maybe to the 70s, I guess. Maybe where it was like it's more not as as physical or probably had already gotten. But, you know, it's, it's to the point. And, and from that article we read last podcast with um Hans and he's telling um He's telling Reynoso, you're not fast enough. Yeah. You know? And that was that was what was keeping him from starting. Yeah, from starting or or, or being able to, to, to push Salcedo or, or Massa out of the spot. It was more to do on speed. And so that's like this dude is damn. How do you tell him, you know? Hey man, you need to get taller. <laughs> but put you know, some lifts on his cleats. <laughs> typically, like you know the the trade off is okay. Well, this guy's lower to the ground, so he's gonna be like a little pest, you know, taking the ball away from you. I mean, that's what I would assume. He's just gonna be like on your ass the whole time because he's so you know lower to the ground. Um, yeah. Typically, those those players are just a pest. They're just really hard to get rid of. You know, they're just like all over you. Um, you know, you know, I think, 
I think um, if I'm Chivas and you have that player, I'll go talk to Tata, man. Martino's calling him. He's obviously doing something right. This dude? Yeah, like what? At least get his perspective because he's, he's a top coach. Yeah. You know? Coach Barcelona. So, and I'm not saying, and Argentina national team, and I'm yeah. not saying Busa do it, um, Pelayas do it. Go, you know, how, you know, how do, how do you do this and that? And, and what do you, you know, see you in could, this kid? <laughs> you could work it in. Or, or how, do, like, how do you go over this problem? Like, you know, if you're going to yeah. have a free kick, you're obviously, he's not going to be La Barrera. He's like, <laughs> just put it right through where he's standing. Um, and, and, corner, and whatever, you know, like, you're not going to have him guarding a post or nothing like that. So, I mean, where, where do you set this dude up or how? And, um, cause. They should just be like, yo, during corner kicks, just have him hop on the shoulders of another player. <laughs> Like in uh, kicking and screaming, remember kicking and screaming. Um, I need to see that. <laughs> they put the the kid was hella short, so they just put him on the top, uh, shoulders on top of some other player. <laughs> it's just some super campeones type of thing, man. They need to they need to put him on top of uh, Pollo Brisueño so he stops scoring own goals. Have <laughs> stand on top of the porteria. Just... <laughs> Just, uh, just climb on my shoulders, man. We're gonna get this corner kick. <laughs> I wonder if that's le- it's probably illegal, huh? I don't think you can do that. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's ever tried, but you know, it's interesting. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I saw this thing on Reddit on Liga Mekis. They were talking about players with expiring contracts. One of them being. Uh, Gudinho, his expiring contract is in June of 2021. Eric Sanchez from Pachuca, Orbelin Pineda. Um, and then obviously JJ Mack, but that's for 2022. So they're saying that, you know, the chances of him going to Europe this summer is very, very high because Chivas obviously are going to want to cash in on him. They're not going to just let him go for free. And uh, I always assumed that Macias was going to go to Europe. Um, it, that just kind of seemed like obvious. And, you know, even when Pelaz had that, you know, little speech, you know, when they had brought him back from Leon and, you know, oh, we're going to make sure you leave to, you know, to Europe the right way and stuff. But obviously the reality is he hasn't really been that player, you know, like he was for Leon. And I feel like the steam has sort of gone away, you know, like it was, the rumors are, very very little now about him going to Europe and how much of a of a reality is that now? What do you think? No, you're definitely right. The heat, the heat that he had at one point, where it seemed like he could leave any any day now, it it seems gone. Uh, I still think he's talented, uh, and if there is a team, they're probably hoping to scoop him up. You know, trying to avoid a bidding war. Um, but I do think if he has the right agent, I do think he could go abroad. It's not, it's not as, um, you know, it's not one of those things that's like super difficult. Um, 
might not go to one of the top teams. You're not going to a Liverpool or or a PSG, but he could still go like mid-table teams in Spain and stuff like that. Will, like they'll snatch you up. Of course, they're not going to pay top dollar, but I think I think Chivas could even negotiate something where it's like uh, goes cheap, but give us like a small percentage of the future transfer. You know, uh, yeah, of a future transfer, and that's that's a lot of teams do that. And um, and then once you have that, you're pretty much, you know, you you make some good coin. Because uh, I think Pachuca had that with um, Chucky. Chucky when he left. When he, you know, he went to that PSV and and then uh, and I think Napoli. They, yeah, once Napoli paid all that money, they they made out pretty good. They made out like a bandits. But I, I think Chivas could do something similar. You know, send them to La Liga or sell them for and... fifteen, and then I don't know, five percent. No, maybe not even fifteen. You know, it could be less. It could be, I'll put it between seven and ten million. Um, that would be a steal. There's no heat. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you have that contract clause, I mean that that transfer clause, and he does good in Europe. His value will go up, and then they make more money, and then you will. Um, good chance you do you do end up getting those fifteen twenty million. Yeah, I so think I, I do. I do think he could still go. I mean, he's 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 one of the few players that I think have a realistic chance of not just going to Europe, but actually having a substantial career there. You know, he's one of those gems uh, of the league right now. And um, it's only a matter of time for Macias. But so this this post on Reddit, you know, the the whole argument was like, oh, all these players have expiring contracts soon. That means that, you know, they're going to go to Europe. And the reality is that a lot of these clubs are not going to let their players go for free. That's just that just not good business. And what's like what's stopping them from just renewing their contract with their current club? Because they know that they're probably not going to get paid anywhere close to what they're getting paid now if they take the gamble yeah. and go to Europe. Yeah, and, and then that, you know, how many of those players with expiring contracts have some actual interest? You know, Macias does, there is interest for him. Uh, teams have kept tabs on him, so that's that's one. But there's other players, um, Coutinho, some of these other guys. Yeah, Eric Sanchez, Orbelin Pineda. No, there's just nothing there. Pineda, I think he's he's a good player, but I, I think I see him staying in Liga MX. Um, I think he was one of the players because, you know, you know we've talked about um, just how um, the, the whole thing how like players are tied to promoters and whatnot. So he could be part of that whole you know, cleaning house that um, Cruz Azul has been doing. Um, and and so, I mean, Chivas should look to get him back. Yeah, that was a tough one for me to swallow, uh, letting, you know, Pineda leave, as well as Pizarro, I think. I needed money. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like, 
he scored. He scored over the weekend too, and it's just like, damn, you know, like he should have never left Chivas. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it was part of the whole. They they went and they spent like what sixty million or something um to that effect with with all the players they had been bringing. So, and it was like money they didn't have, so they needed to like recoup it uh, before they're just bleeding and end up in financial debt. Um, so, yeah, it sucked, but that was the reality. Like, she was at a spot where they can't afford a competitive squad. Um, you know, so when you have a team and you win the Liga and you're winning titles and your players are seleccionados, that's just, the wages just went up. And that's that's where it's like, can't afford that. Um, but they're far from that right now. <laughs> they don't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, for some of these, Chihuahua should be looking into souping some of these players up. But but yeah, I could see Pineda. I don't I don't I don't see him going to Europe. I do see him staying in Liga MX. So even if his contract expires, I still think Cruz Azul would sell him. You know. Yeah, and there's that whole. Back to the Caballeros, where if a player refuses to renegotiate with his club, all the owners in agreement will not negotiate with that player, and he'll be forced to go find employment elsewhere outside Liga Mekis. I don't know if that's still going on, but... Well, no, it's, it's not to that extent. So basically, the Pacto Caballeros was... You don't want someone short-stopping you. So, like, they didn't want, for example, your contract's expiring, and let's say Chivas would talk to Pinera and be like, all right, how much do you need? Okay, then let your contract expire, and then you come in for free, and then we'll kick you down with this, you know? Uh, and so that's that's what they avoided so that they wouldn't get into, like like, sort of like contract wars or disputes with the other clubs. So basically, if a contract did expire, um, the player wouldn't leave for free. The whatever other club wanted him would still pay um, Cruz Azul just within the league. And they made it seem like if it was like they had you bound, but it wasn't always like that. Like it wasn't like that because we we saw record number of players going to Europe where the club would sell them or or moving around what what people forget is just how much these players were making you know they made mm. it seem like the players were innocent and it's like nah you know they they were um they signed on the dotted line cuz they went for the money uh and that's one of the things that at least if if you don't want to get tied then at least they have to be a bit more, um, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? At least a bit more reasonable as far as wages go. But yeah, they made it seem like it was pretty bad thing. I, I don't, I kind of don't see it like that just because we've seen how, how many Liga MX clubs have gone broke, you know, and disappeared because they didn't have money. So, you know, Veracruz, Jaguares, Lobos, Buap. The list goes on. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that helps the teams not lose more money than they already lose. Um, 
that was the other thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I know it's unpopular opinion, but I don't think the pacto was was that bad, you know. Um, I don't think people said they would block you from stuff, and I mean, we saw with Pulido who came back, you know, he had violated the whole pact thing, you know, the way he left. He sort of gave it to Tigres, you know, the way he left. Yeah, he had a, he had supposedly like had a free contract or like he was he was free from Tigres but they had disputed that yeah and, and then well, he ended up going to Olympiacos and they were Tigres were saying hey no he still has a contract with us and then yeah it went he ended up yeah, like there was a big dispute yeah um with two two disputes and so they won one of them, and then but then they lost the FIFA one. It was a big, a big desmadre. But I mean, Pulido ended up coming back. And if you really had this, this like, you know, evil pact, he would have not come back to Liga MX. You know, he would. Well, been... something happened because he ended up getting kidnapped. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. There was definitely problem, some ambiguity there. I know that Chivas paid both Olympiacos and Tigres. They did, yeah. That's that's how we... But, you know, and the other thing was, like, they'll keep you away from Selección. He was still called up to Selección. Well, for a time, he wasn't. And then when Chivas bought him... But he wasn't. He wasn't. But he wasn't playing. Yeah, he wasn't playing. But if, if you yeah, if you see his thing in Europe, he didn't go straight to Olympiacos. They sent him to like some second division team, and then he goes to Olympiacos, and he wasn't really. I think if you total his amount of games in two years, it was like fourteen games. Yeah, it was very short stint so, out I mean, there. How how are you? Yeah, I'm sorry, you're not you're not. Levadiacos. Yeah, they were in the second division and then Olympiacos. But he played officially like 14 games. Um, Yeah, it was just a bad career. It was like career suicide, you know, what he did. Yeah, he got luck, man. Dude, he he should be sending Higuera a gift basket. Dude, every Christmas with um, selective cheeses and sausages. Because if if Higuera doesn't do that crazy gamble of paying all that money, that's a big gamble to pay like what close to twenty million. Um It was a lot of money. Just been wandering around, but he you know, he he took that risk and then Pulido did deliver, you know. And he he had that great season during the doblete and and then he sort of like stayed in the limelight, but if it's not for him, he he would have been I don't know where he would have been, man. Yeah. He would have been with Nettie selling fish. Oh, God. Fish hooks. He <laughs> 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 been with Adu in like the Finnish fourth division or wherever Adu. Uh, oh, yeah. Now. He's, Freddie Adu is, uh, <laughs> he's got a club now. He's. Yeah, yeah he's. Where, where is that? Wait, that kind he's of... in, uh, Osterland. Uh, they are. A uh, what? Swedish, yeah, Swedish. 
Is it, is it what division? Let's see. I think it's second, dude. Division two. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Which is weird sometimes because sometimes division two is division three. Three. Yeah. Second division is not called second, it's called something else. You know, like like Champion. Premier League. It's not called yeah, it's called champion, so championship. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, oh one last thing. Um unfortunately, uh Chuki Look, dude, look, look, huh. look, see, I, I you guys thought I was joking when I said fourth division. Division two is the fourth level in the league system of Swedish football. Oh, really? This is right up there with Cascaritas, dude. Oh, they pay him man. With a six and <laughs> they, oh, you're right. It's tier. <laughs> it's tier four. No way. I, at that point, I mean, I guess it's like, hey, you want to hang out in Sweden? Why not? And get yeah, paid. Dude, get paid to play soccer, train. I've been to Sweden. Paid. It's actually uh well, number one, it's really cold. Number two, um that's very small. It's a small country. Oh. But um I had a really good time in Stockholm. <laughs> Went to the ABBA Museum, it was great. Um the, the music? Yeah. That's what oh, the, snap. they're All from. Right. They're oh, from yeah, Sweden. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say very quickly before we end the podcast, Chuki's out for a month. He got injured, muscle Damn. muscle strain. So it's such a shame because you know Gattuso had him was... doing really well. He was playing very well, and now this is kind of all Gattuso because he's he's very harsh. He's going to put him in that hole like Batman when he had his back broken <laughs> to climb out. <laughs> I can hear the chanting already. So, uh, so you, won't, you won't play till you climb out of this hole. I was watching, uh, I started watching Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai and uh, the you know, kid hurt his shoulder and uh, he ended up kicking that dude with two feet with one hand. <laughs> So Chucky's gonna have to learn how to how to play with like I don't know one leg, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know we we've been having some pretty pretty big setbacks with our name, you know, with our big boys, you know, Raúl. I think he's getting closer and closer to coming back to play for Wolves. But um, the good news is, I mean, there's really not much on the docket for for Mexico. I know they have Gold Cup in in the summer. Um, when are qualifiers? You know, I feel like the World Cup's like a year from now. <laughs> I feel like they should start qualifying for the World Cup pretty soon. No, just 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 give the press to Max. You know, <laughs> um, when do they start? On oh, March, March twenty fourth. No. Like, They have friendlies. I know they have friendlies in March, but there's no yeah, way. March. That's not Six qualifiers, years. though. Uh, hold on. At least not for Mexico. I 
I think Mexico's already in the hex, or now it's the eight. But the hexagonal starts in August. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, the traditional hex has been expanded to two more teams. So that's probably why Mexico is just waiting, because right now they're le- letting all the lemmings get to the, the eight. So uh, Honduras, United States, Costa Rica, Mexico, and Jamaica are already in the in the final stage, and they're just waiting for uh, yeah. three more spots to to fill. So that's probably so there you go. Yeah, so that's that's probably the March date that you were talking about. It's for the uh, for yeah for those those teams for the small clubs. <laughs> El Salvador's in there, Canada. You know, Canada has a really good player, uh, Alfonso Davies. Man, that guy is a stud. He was in that Bayern Munich final against Tigres. And it's kind of crazy because uh, just a year ago, he had played Gignac in the in the Coca Champions because uh, he was at, uh, I think, Toronto? Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, Davies said something about, oh, I got to play with, like, the best player in the champions. And uh, yeah. and Gignac sent him a, sent him a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he had meant – because he said champions. He didn't say which champions league, you know. So – He probably didn't do it, like, like, to be messed up, you know. But uh, – he was talking about Messi, but it's all good, you know. They're they're good friends now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think Kinyak doesn't come across like that. So yeah, um, that pretty much wraps up Jornada Seis. Um, there will be a Tigres match on Wednesday against Cruz Azul. That's kind of just again making up for uh, some of the older fixtures. Um, that that's gonna be at seven o'clock. And then the rest of the league will will start playing uh, pretty soon. Uh, do you have any other closing thoughts before we uh, end this episode? Okay. Just, I'm, just, just, uh, I'm gonna maintain my trust in Buse. I, I know that people hate his tactics or the way the team's playing, but I, I still feel the same as last season. As long as he gets to Liguilla. Feel once there, he'll get he'll get some good results, and that's I'm fine with that. So be patient, you hermanos. We are all in this together. It's a very who, long. Do you know who they play next week? Uh yeah, I had checked. I think, if I'm not mistaken, we might have hit Loteria, because uh, our next game is against Pachuca. It's on Monday. Okay. Wow. Okay. So good. exactly uh, a week from now. They're going to be on the road. Pachuca plays on Mondays now. I don't know why. But um, should be uh, should be a pretty good beatdown, I-, I hope. Okay. I hope to. <laughs> it's been a very, like, inconsistent team. So we'll see. But right now they're in dead last. They ended up losing to Atlas 1-0. And uh, things are not looking good for Pachuca. Want to thank 
everyone for listening to the podcast. We were streaming live on YouTube, but I don't think I saw anybody in the live chats. Uh, but we will continue to provide you guys weekly updates of Liga MX and everything football related in Mexico. Thank you and hope everyone has a great night.